Hiya. Mm, yeah. yeah, no? Hiya. I said hiya. All right. Hiya, you. All right. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the blessing of these little ones today. You are their living hope, and we pray that you would make that clear to them in their hearts, if there are any who do not know you today here in this building. We pray, Lord, that you will show them the truth of your gospel. Show them that you are their living hope. We pray in your name. Amen. All right. Get your hands full. All right. That's right. Well, hello again. Uh, We are... We're going to bounce around a little bit today. I felt led to take a pause in our study of Romans for a little bit of comfort through God's word this week. I felt needed to be comforted myself through God's word. I need comfort. You need comfort. And so I want to talk about comfort in the midst of a hard week. We lost our Dear brother, Doug, God promoted him to the fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611, that sounds pretty awesome, doesn't it? Fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Yet we remain, and we hurt, and we mourn. Not only that, but when we lose someone close to us, or someone we know, someone we love, it also brings a lot of other stuff back up and reminds us of others that we've lost. can bring back old hurts and past mourning and past tears. Where we turn to comfort or how we find comfort makes all the difference, especially for Christians. Jesus says in Matthew 5, 4, blessed or blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. So real quickly, let's look at that. There are two words for this word blessed in the New Testament. One, eulogitas, means praised or praiseworthy or deserving of our praise. We see that in Ephesians one three it says, "Blessed Eulogatos, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed again Eulogatos us in Christ with every spiritual blessing, Eulogia, in the heavenly places, deserving of praise, praise worthy." And then the other word, Makarios, means to be made joyful or to be happy. That's why you'll sometimes hear us refer to that, this state of joy and happiness. So in Matthew 5, 4, in all the Beatitudes, it's makarios, this state of happiness. Jesus is saying happy are those 
who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Jesus wants us to be happy that we will be comforted. There's only one occurrence of this word will be comforted or shall be comforted in the New Testament, and it is right here. And what it means is that it will happen in the future. Implied that God will make it happen. God is the one who will bring that comfort. But it's the ground, the second part of the first part of the verse, meaning that we can be happy in our mourning because we have the guarantee that God will be the one bringing the comfort. If not completely now, certainly in the future. It's not that we can be joyful when we get comforted by God, but we can be happy now knowing God's going to deliver. He's going to bring it. He's going to show it to us. He's going to make it a real comfort that lasts. Matthew 5, 4 does not say not to mourn. doesn't say to suck it up says to mourn. Jesus wept. The Bible makes clear that there is a time to weep and a time to mourn. Ecclesiastes says, for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. And it continues on. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. And what Jesus is saying then in Matthew 5, 4 is that we can be in this state of happiness or this state of joy in the midst of our mourning, knowing that God will comfort us. So that is what we trust, and that is what we want, and that is where our hope is. And the point of the message today then is how does that happen? What does that look like? How's God going to do that? What does godly comfort look like and how is that different from the comfort that we find in this world? That's what we want to see. So today, a little bit more topical than expositional as we study comfort, specifically the triune, triune comfort of God. So first, we want to see that comfort in the world is futile. Psalm 27 and 8 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. The Bible is chock full of stories and proverbs and commands against putting our hope in man and in mankind and the things that man comes up with. That's everything. We see warnings against trusting in man from danger to disaster. God created us to depend on him. As soon as he made Adam and Eve, he gave them direction, a purpose to depend on him for these things, not to go out on your own, not to determine things for yourself, but to come to him, to find what you need in him. And one of mankind's biggest mistakes is that we forget 
or we ignore that we were created to depend on God. We see this when it comes to comfort in millions of ways. If God created something, man has found a way to turn that creation into something that they attempt to find comfort in. We turn to drink, we turn to drugs, we turn to food to numb the pain, but it cannot bring comfort or take that pain away. We turn to other people or pets to ease the hurt. Hey, I'm a pet guy myself. And she's pretty good when you're hurting. We turn to other people or pets to ease the hurt, but they can never be what God is for us. We turn to numb ourselves through entertainment or adventure or experiences, but once they're finished, we're still longing for something bigger, something permanent, something better. Finding comfort in this world isn't really comfort. It just numbs you a little bit. Just makes it so you don't feel the things that you should be feeling. It's a temporary disconnect. Only God can give true comfort that is able to find happiness and joy in the midst of mourning. So Christian, wait on the Lord. Turn to the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Seek the Lord. It's the only way that you can grow. We all want to grow through these things, right? We want to grow closer to God. We want to grow more in our holiness and our Christ-likeness through these things. That doesn't happen when in your hurt and in your pain, you're not turning to God, but turning to other things. We don't want to waste our suffering. We don't want to waste our hurt and our pain, but turn to the Lord. So let's see how the triune God provides that comfort that we long for. First, God the Father, the God of all comfort. God comforts us through his character that we can trust. He is good. He is kind. He is gracious. He is merciful. He is faithful. His love is steadfast and enduring. And then he acts out of his character toward his children. And so we can trust in that, that he's going to do that. Out of his character, he hears our cry and draws near to us when we are suffering. As we draw near to him for comfort. Psalm 145, verses 17 to 19. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desire of those who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. So when God makes a promise out of his character, we know he will keep it. He will comfort with faith those who draw near and trust in his promises. So we trust in his, his character. We find comfort in his promises. Psalm 119, 49 and 50, remember your word, 
to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. God promises us things in the Bible, all throughout the Bible. We can trust in his word. These promises that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And these promises can bring us comfort in the midst of our mourning. So we cling to his word in the midst of our mourning, of our hurting, our suffering. We read it. We study it. We memorize it. We speak the truth of it to ourselves and to others. We pray it back to him, and we trust in it, and we hope in it. There's, you may, look at your bulletin here. There's this little bitty thing here called a fighter verse. I put a new one in there every week. So you can fight. So you can trust You can read it. You can think about it. Pray on it. Memorize it. Cling to the word of God. There are applicable promises of hope for everything we go through in life in the word of God. So find comfort in them. Third, we can also cling to the sovereignty of God in our morning knowing that all things work out for our good. Romans 8, 28, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The sovereignty of God. He is in control. Nothing is out of his control. We can pray to God because he has the ability to answer and do the things that we pray for, including giving us comfort. Even the evil that happens. Genesis 50, 20, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Even when others intend evil or evil happens in this world, as we cling to God for our comfort, nothing can happen to us. Unless God says it can happen. And if God says it can happen to his people, it is for our good and his glory. And that brings me comfort. Lastly, we find comfort in our mourning and our suffering and that we are his children. We are part of his family. And God will use our brothers and sisters to be his hands and feet And show us his comfort and love. We find comfort in the family of God. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. The things that you experience in life, the hardships, the pain, the ache, the hurts, as you cling to the Lord, as he brings you comfort, he is then going to use you to bring comfort to other people who've gone through the same things. 
he uses the family of God. So we can find comfort in that. We find comfort in God through his character, his promises, his sovereignty, his family. As God the Father, we also find it, of course, through his son, the grief bearer, Jesus quoted what Isaiah prophesied about him in Isaiah 61, 1 and 2. He said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. He's the fulfillment of this. In Matthew 5, 4, when he says, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted, he's the one. He's where we find our comfort. He's where our hope is. So he's where we turn in the midst of these things. Isaiah 53, 3 and 4. Jesus he was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The grief bearer, acquainted with our sorrows and with our grief and with our pain, who came to bind up the brokenhearted. And this is how this continues. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. That's the gospel. That's the open door right there. For all of us have gone our own way. We have all found comfort in the world. We've all found our pleasures and our joy and our hope in the world and chasing after our own desires that are against the character and the word of God. We've all done this. But he was pierced for our transgressions. We deserve the punishment that he took on the cross, each and every one of us. But for those who put their trust in him, he has taken that punishment, pierced for your transgressions. So you no longer go your own way. It wasn't that he wiped the slate clean and then you continue on your life how you live for yourself. No, it's a complete change of heart. And now you live for him. And your life is about him and not about you. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so for those people, he's the grief bearer. He's the man of sorrows. God 
God himself cares so much about our grief that he became one of us. He became a man of sorrows and bore our griefs and bears our griefs and carried our sorrows and carries our sorrows. He knows our pain experientially. Experientially. He takes the brokenhearted and he comes to them. He draws near to them and he binds them up and he brings them comfort with his presence. He says, abide in me. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You want comfort? It's in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. Have you ever noticed we find comfort in people who've been through what we're going through? Right? Misery loves company. But Jesus is shared in that misery. He's lost people that he loved. The reason why the verse says Jesus wept is because he came and Lazarus had died, his friend Lazarus, and he sees friends and he sees people and they're in sorrow and they're crying and he's moved and he wept. He's been through what we've been through. This isn't some, you know, Greek God far off who, who doesn't know what we've gone through. He's gone through these things. So we can take them to him. He mourned, he wept, yet he was full of joy and happiness. He was described as a man of sorrow. He is someone we know has experienced what we're going through. So as we live our lives for him, we will suffer. We will suffer for him and we will suffer with him. But we will rejoice with him as well. 2 Corinthians 1.5 says, For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. The greater the suffering, the greater the comfort that we find in Jesus. Turn to the grief bearer in your grief who came for your sorrows. If the world could bring you comfort, true comfort in the midst of your mourning, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. If the created things of entertainment and drugs and drink and food and just getting numb to those things, if that really worked, then Jesus wouldn't have needed to come to bind up your broken heart and take your griefs and take your sorrows. Not only that, he sends his spirit to be a constant source of comfort to us and in us. So the God of all comfort, the Father, the grief bearer, the Son, and the other helper or comforter in the Holy Spirit. Jesus says in John 14, 16, 17, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, Doug liked his King James version, didn't he? And the King James is right here in Matthew 5, 4. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The root word for comforted there is a Greek word called parakaleo. And the word for helper that is used there in John 14 is parakaleton, meaning the comforter, is what the King James says. And that's the intention of it. So the spirit is the carrier of comfort to God's people. He dwells within us, doing the supernatural work of bringing joy, God's joy, bringing happiness, God's happiness in the midst of heartache. He delivers God's comfort to us. As we close up here, I just want to show you one, maybe the most profound way that he does this. John 14, 26. But the helper, the parakletos, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring you to remembrance all that I have said to you. So the comforter will comfort you by reminding you of the words of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? John 14, 26. John 15, 26. But when the helper, Parakletos, the comforter, comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, comforts us by pointing us to Jesus. There's something in the Christian, and that something is the Holy Spirit, that desires to be comforted by Jesus, that knows the things of this world, they're not going to be sufficient. I need more. I need to feel close to the Lord. I need to be close in his presence. That's the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit in you. You ever turn to things wrongly, sinfully? You turn to other things and you just feel this emptiness? You just feel this desire, this longing to be closer to the Lord than you are? Yes? No? Just me? That's not you because there's something great in you. That's, well, it is great in you. There's the Holy Spirit in you drawing you, needing to be close to Christ. He bears witness about him and he reminds us of his words. This is wonderful. It all points back to the glory of God and the face of Jesus Christ. God the Father, the God of all comforts, through his character and his promises, his family. God the Son, the grief bearer, through who he is. God the Holy Spirit, pointing us back to Jesus Christ. This is where we point people when they need comfort. We're together on Monday, right? I was talking with God. It feels so helpless to bring any comfort, right? And we are helpless 
to bring comfort unless we're pointing them to Christ. And unless we're pointing people to the sufficiency and the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. So give them Jesus. Give people Jesus. God doesn't want us to numb our pain. This is the world we live in. You're, you're too excited and too happy, they give you a drug to bring you back down. You're too sad, they give you a drug to bring you up. I want you just perfectly apathetic right in the middle, not feeling any pain. We feel our pain. The Lord has us go through these things in a reason. And so that we can turn to him in the midst of these things. He doesn't want us to numb our pain. He wants us to bring it to him. He doesn't want us to explain it away or use rational reason and logic to explain it away. He wants us to find a happiness and joy in him in the midst of the mourning. It's there for the having, the happiness and the joy in the midst. Where will you turn? It's hard. It really is. The promises of the world can easily distract us from our pain. They're alluring. The numbing is so easy. It's, a, it's an easy and it's, and it's a quick thing. It's hard to wait on the Lord. It's hard to seek him out and go through the mourning and the weeping and the hurting. The world can numb us, but that's all it can do. It cannot bring joy, it cannot bring happiness, and it cannot bring them in the midst of our mourning. It cannot grow us close to God. It cannot bring glory to him through our suffering. Only Jesus can. So turn to Jesus. Rely on the Holy Spirit. Trust in the promises of our loving God and Father. It's the only way. The God of all comfort brings comfort to the brokenhearted. So draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Let's pray. Lord, God of all comfort, thank you for you. Thank you for your son, for your spirit. We need them. We need you. We need Jesus. We need your spirit to deliver your comfort pointing us to Jesus. Come quickly, Lord, we pray. Amen. He's standing. Please stand and join us for our closing song. Got shocked. <coughs> mm -hmm.
guys get me every time you do that. Paul had mentioned um, my wife and I are celebrating our anniversary dinner tonight during the Super Bowl. If you need to get a hold of me, my phone will be off until sometime tomorrow afternoon. You can get a hold of my, my wife. Um, I love you all. Let me read you this passage from Psalm 30, verses 4 and 5. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.